Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Southern California, Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. Good morning, No Chill. Isn't it kind of funny that that like that that's been your thing, bro? I've just I literally just thought about that the other day. Who was I even talking to? I was talking to somebody about this. I was talking to somebody about how for the last eight hundred episodes. You've opened the show by calling me Joey No Chill Prano, uh, which, yeah, it's wild. Did we always start that way? I mean, at some point, you, I think there was some sort of especially no chill episode. And then the next episode, you did it and then you just never stopped. Classic. Oh, Classic I, I, forget. I think it was I think it was maybe uh, Twerks with Wolves who I played golf with last week i was like oh you play with twerks i did yeah and i put up a story on my instagram and i i tried to put a twerking emoji and i went into the twerking emoji like the twerking gifts and for some reason on the gifts on instagram there was a twerking wolf and i was like how's that how's that even no. a gift? yes so i put that up and uh then I had to explain twerks with wolves to his roommate. And uh, I basically said, you know, we were joking about his Native American background and I wanted to call him dances with wolves, but he's also a millennial. So I went with twerks with wolves. And then that led into how crazy it is that like, I would say the majority of DMS I get from dirt balls on Twitter, on Instagram, on whatever. They're like, no chill. Uh, I wanted to throw this thing by you. I'm like, I mean, wow. the amount of the amount of times I've walked on stage at at, at a, a comedy club, and somebody's just like, no chill. And then I've got to explain it to the crowd why this one guy's sitting alone, why he's wearing a trench coat and dark glasses, why he's screaming no chill. Oh man. That's Don't question funny. him. He has a rifle under there. Uh, <laughs> oh, the dirt balls. And then the dirt, ball, dirt balls. Great. They'll scream no chill when you walk on stage and then they'll mill around the lobby for 40 minutes until you ask them if they want to take a picture. Yeah. I mean, that's like a classic dirt ball. Yeah. I was thinking about that want, today. Do you want to take a picture? He's like, that 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 would be great. I, I do have to drive six hours back home after the show. You're like, <laughs> okay, let's get you that picture. Get you out of here, buddy. I was thinking about the dirt balls today because I, I think officially, I know I've said this, I think officially this will be the last episode um, where I grew up, which obviously floods a lot of memories, especially by Wall Street. Especially that. And the fact that that was almost six years ago when the dirt balls camped out in the backyard. I keep I keep poking, poking my lady that I'm going to create something where dirt balls can sleep in the basement. And like 
it doesn't even get a smile from her. Like it is not yeah. happening. Strangers. Roscoe's, not- chicken, Roscoe's chicken and dirt balls. <laughs> Roscoe's doing better. Roscoe Great. update. Now he hasn't pooped in two days, but that's good. No diarrhea, no vomiting. Not a fan of the lean dog food they had. They gave him. So when you have pancreatitis, it has to be a completely low slash zero fat. I'm sure it's the same for humans. So I knew he's kind of a picky eater. I knew when they gave him this stuff. And then I love how the vet Joe yesterday is like, well, I'm like, he's still not eating. She's like, well, why don't you bake completely plain chicken? And I'm thinking, why didn't you tell me this from the start? Of course, he didn't need specific seasoning. Like he's a dog. It's still human food. If you would have told me to bake him chicken, I wouldn't have wasted all this money on the prescription dog food. Yeah. Unbelievable. Andy Ruther, new dog owner, new dog dad. Oh, I, I dude, I snapped the other day. You're right. Angry Ruther. I'm back, baby. Just lost my mind trying to install Spectrum self-installation internet. It wouldn't work. It kept not working. The app is terrible. I had to call somebody, lost it, just lost it in the new house. Did you give, did you give like the operator uh, like, are you even in America? No, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> they, she actually. I want to see how Midwest you've become. She, she was great. With your ching chang and you're calling me from Pakistan. I just want cable. Hey, man. I got Fox News to watch. The Midwest is way more. Come on, man. We're 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 not all of that. The people of Kansas have spoken. They're they're more progressive on issues than you would think. Yeah, what's up, Kansas? And speaking of progressive issues, there's nothing to do in Kansas but fuck. So they need their fucking abortion rights. <laughs> they don't even have hills. Oh, I know. Kansas again. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Worst, like it's right. It's top five worst state to drive through. But we're talking about progressive issues. And I, I want to tie that into Brittany Griner being sentenced in air quotes to nine years because they nine say nine times. Yeah. They say that's just the final thing that needs to happen before they do a prisoner exchange. They need an actual sentencing. But I just want to say to everybody, I know that this has been shared many times, but to reiterate, for everyone who has all that energy to free Brittany Griner, Keep that same energy for all the other people locked up for cannabis or marijuana related crimes in our country who are mostly minorities. Actually, it probably statistically is extremely, I'm just guessing 80 to 90% minorities and keep that same energy because nobody should be locked up for any marijuana related crimes. Yeah. Obviously you don't want to be locked up in a Russian prison. Sure. Um, You know, Sent to fucking Siberia. She's carrying around logs like she's in Rocky Four or some shit. But uh, of course, you know, no, no one should be in prison for marijuana, even if it's a, you know, corporate funded American prison where you can load up their tuition on your credit card and the whole thing's a big goddamn business. Uh, but even in those places for for pot. Stop it. I mean, can we like exactly 
Like, like what, like, where are we at? Like, we're still having this discussion. We're still having this discussion about pot gambling. I know. And it's so funny because progressive folks, which like, that's, you know, people always talk about Republicans, Democrats, like progressives, which I, that's certainly the mentality I subscribe to. uh, If, if not a political party thing, people are always talking about, Oh, cancel student debt, do this, do that. It's like, how about just free all marijuana uh, prisoners? I'll just free 100% of them right now. Forget cancel student debt. Just let all those people out. Let them walk. It's wild that nobody talks about that. Yeah. I mean, again, it's nuts. It's nuts that nobody brings that up. That, like, I don't know what the stat is. You know what? I'm going to look it up. How many people are locked up for marijuana-related crimes? What do you think it is? I mean, tens of thousands. Let me guess 50,000. This is where an intern would come in clutch. Okay. See, it's like, okay. This is an article from two years ago in Forbes. So two years ago, Forbes, take it for what it's worth. 40,000 Americans incarcerated for marijuana offenses. 40,000. That's insane. Free them all. Yeah, that's ridiculous, man. Unbelievable. But it looks like she's going to get out. They're going to do a. uh, Including now Amon Shumpert, who got arrested with six and a half ounces of weed in his backpack getting on a flight, which Which why shouldn't he? Why shouldn't he? Well, well. Yeah, it's stupid to bring six and a half yeah, ounces in yeah, your backpack. I, no, I, no, I was, I was going to say that that's my thing on these arguments. Both can be true, like stupid, but also, but also he, sh- he should be why, able to. Like what? Yeah. what da- there's, no, there's no danger of that in the plane. He's probably traveling from a state with sure. legal weed to a state with legal weed. And that's confusing, by the way. Like that's all confusing. So like if I drive up north to Michigan which I've done, gotten some product, you come back. The minute I come back into Ohio, like the minute I cross that state line, I could be arrested if I'm pulled over and he smells marijuana. I'm just saying like, like all all these laws. Well, remember, he can't pull you over for smelling, you know, you have a reason to pull you over. Never forget that, Andy. First thing you say. Why did you pull me over, officer? If they don't have a good answer, be like, okay, goodbye. He'd say, uh, I heard you were losing your mind on the spectrum. Telemarketer or whatever she is. We I heard, do wanna- We heard you made a racist remark to the spectrum guy. We pulled you over to give you this blue ribbon. Welcome back <laughs> to the Midwest. So it's just a this is a uh, two for 20 coupon for your local Applebee's. Have fun. I'm going to take you to an Applebee's one of these days. We're going to go together. I've been to an Applebee's. I know, but you and I are going to go together. Applebee's should do a deal with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Three you know, for 30. Three for 30. I was just going to say, I was going to say they have to up it because he has more yeah. than 20 accusers. Yeah. So the NFL 
we were wrong is yeah. appealing it. The new woke NFL. That is just a gesture, I still think. Right? That is a, like I said, that's a, it's Pride Month. We turned our Twitter avatar to a rainbow Good. flag. Good. Fuck it. I don't care why they did it. The idea that he got six games is ludicrous. You should have, they should absolutely do it. Whether like whatever their reasoning behind it, whatever the PR spin is good. I hope he gets more games. Yeah. But I would counter. And again, none of it really matters because we all know they're going to do what they're going to do. Why even have, this is where I'm confused. Why even have a independent arbiter? I'm assuming, uh, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that that was a negotiation between the league and the players association. So now Roger Goodell gets to hand pick someone else to decide the suspension. And then he can ultimately, it's kind of all just a dog and pony show at this point. None of this really mattered. If, if ultimately he's going to do what he wants to do, what was it's the all, point but, of all this? I you've mean, wasted, I think- you've wasted everyone's time. Yeah, but the whole thing is like I'm sure that I don't I have not read on it, but I'm assuming this whole process of appeals is now this person that um, he picks has to consider this arbiters, you know, ruling and why and all that stuff. It's, you know, that's obviously the NFL is far different than the U.S. judicial system, but that would be, you know, it seems like it's a similar process to now somebody else is going to take all the things that have already been said and all the things and whatever. Honestly, here's the thing. Like the NFL has been so fucked up for so long, especially in these sort of cases uh, that whatever the dog and pony show, like, cool, do it. Also do a dog and pony show of like, you know, dragging Daniel Snyder through the mud and do it like, for like, just if, if you're going to do things for a show, great, because it's insane. And we've seen the the reaction and the fallout uh, from the six game ruling. It's insane that there are some people who are like, yep, that makes sense. Let's get, let's get them out there in week seven. Well, first of all, there, there's so much to, to break down here. And I want to start with randy rooster oh we got do we have a check-in from randy he texted me yesterday that he called the show but he was certain that you wouldn't play it no i think i think the reason he was certain you wouldn't play it is because he went after a detroit lions fan before and you like deemed it too harsh well i I felt i felt bad and now I, on the rundown, we have like our fourth straight episode of like mocking Detroit Lions fans. And Randy was like, I was ahead of the game. Oh, he was. The, here, here's the thing. Uh, he, he was going hard at a dirt ball. I guess in my old age, I've gotten softer. That's that's definitely true. So some of his vernacular, I didn't maybe. Oh, yeah. But like, like, you know, I, I have a little more of a heart. This isn't the old, this isn't 2016 Ruther that's just going off. I mean, and also Randy's got a doctor, like it's a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde situation. It's definitely a, a, a Dr. Justin, 
uh, Mr. Randy situation. Like <laughs> he, he gets drunk. It's full Randy. Oh yeah. Dude, you throw a few Miller lights in that guy and it's, uh, it's, it's, you're right. It's, it's a different person, but he's calling because like, I've been laying in the Arizona sun. I haven't had liquid in four days. I'm like a, an iguana that's been sunbathing. <laughs> and now I just get up and I just start pounding tequila and Miller lights. And then suddenly it's like Randy. Well, he left to call out Browns fans because it is funny what I've been seeing because we've been seeing a lot of this. So I'll play the call. Fellas, Randy Ruther here. I don't know how it happened, but within 48 hours, the Cleveland Browns fan base has become the absolute worst thing in the NFL. Like your team's already been a laughing stock and I'm a Bengals fan. So I get it. We're, we're, we're a joke already. But now when people are trying to call you out for your scumbag quarterback and the only thing you can do is like try and name other players, like bringing up the 2016, like, hey, I didn't pick those players up. And I admit it, they're bad people. So when people come at me and say that, just say, hey, I had no choice of this. Don't try and validate the decision to sign that scumbag and stop with the whataboutisms. You guys are a joke. You guys kill more quarterbacks, and your quarterbacks got hand jobs. And yeah, you, you guys are just terrible human beings if you're trying to play whataboutisms with this. Just say, hey, oh, and, and I bet 99% of you had Ben Roethlisberger jokes too. Well, now, you guys are dumb. Condoms are for Browns fans. Randy Ruther. Well, I do love the. My favorite arguments always when it comes to people, they haven't been convicted in the court of law. Dude, he paid off 30 people. Yeah. You're guilty. You paid off. Yeah. Kobe wasn't convicted. He paid her off. You're yeah. guilty. OJ wasn't convicted. He was guilty. Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger. Specifically staying in quarterbacks in the same division who the Cleveland Browns fans. Def there are, there is at least as many Cleveland Browns fans who owned rapeless burger gear. Oh yeah. Then there are, then there are women who Deshaun Watson assaulted and that's a pretty high number. I mean, it's look, obviously where there's smoke, there's fire and there's a lot of smoke. This is, this is the billowing smoke when there was those, massive fires three or four years ago that we could see from Venice beach all the way up in Malibu. That's what kind of smoke this is where you're not sure is that smoke or is this clouds? This is, this is the mushroom cloud that when we dropped the a bomb over Hiroshima and world war II, like this is the amount of smoke that Deshaun Watson has. He's a shitty person. He's doing shitty stuff. Time and time and time and time and time and time again. The Texans knew about it. The Texans didn't do anything. It's obvious. So I don't know why you're defending the guy. If you just want to say, hey, he's a piece of shit, but he's a great quarterback. Cool. As far as NFL divisions go, is the AFC North the worst in like? Oh, yeah. I don't, I, I, great like, point. Top to bottom fan base, like, like, I don't even want to say like shitty fan because like it's not the same. Like the NFC East, 
you know, Giants fans are pretty reasonable. Washington fans are kind of self-loathing. Like, there's not a ton of, like, Commanders fans who are out there being. Obviously, Philly fans have their special brand of garbage that is all its own and across sports. And then you have Cowboys fans that are, like, delusional. I'm trying to think if there's another division, though, like, obviously, a, a, a South would be a way to to go, but, like, Indianapolis is in the AFC South, so that cuts a little bit of like the Southern. So what, where, where are you going? Maybe you're going somewhere else. Where I thought with this, what do you think like, the AFC North is? AFC North. When you look around their division, in terms of like the shittiness of like the 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 like cultures behind their franchises, and then like the finger pointing, it's like it's like a four person Spider Man pointing meme of shit. You've got Rapeless Burger, a murderous Ray Rice. You've got Ray, the Bengals, Ray Lewis. Ray and Lewis. Then, and then Ray Rice. And Ray Rice. You've got the Bengals that, you know. Had so many criminals. Should have turned their Bengal stripes vertical, to, you know, to turn them into fucking jail outfits. You've got the Cleveland Browns that are now suddenly just like diving on. Like they, they dove on a Deshaun Watson as a fucking player. Like he was a, a a lost fumble in the middle of the field, and now they're clutching him to their chest and defending him. Like this is a four person fight Spider Man meme of just like overall just kind of shittiness about your own team, and like also just like you're and rust, you're right, the- Rust Belt vibes and chili and Applebee's and fucking you know. Wow. Like when you go on Baltimore, like you spend a lot of time around Ravens fans. Like they're not great. No, Ravens no, no, no. I can tell great. from social. I can tell from social. We, well, we all know because Steelers have the history. So their fans are obnoxious because they've yeah. won so much and they've been traditionally good. The, the Bengals. So much, but also like have the Roonies who like institute the Rooney rule. But then you, you like, Racism has dripped out of the Steelers franchise forever. They were like, listen, we'd rather Ben Roethlisberger center is a girl that he rapes before every play than have fucking Cordell Stewart. It's like turn him into a receiver. And you're like, to be, well, guys, to be what fair, he, he, Cordell wasn't. I mean, he wasn't all that at quarterback. Still, still. I mean, we see there's slippery, blatant racism always coming out of the city of Pittsburgh. I'm trying to think of the best analogy for the AFC North because I see what you're saying. There is definitely a lot of finger pointing within the division of Ray Lewis. Ray Rice is a criminal. Bengals fans are going to say, and then they're going to come back and be like, dude. But it's like the Bengals think that the Browns are a dumpster fire. The the Browns think the Bengals are a dumpster fire. Like, you know, yeah. the, 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 also just like the, the shitty illegal play of the team. Like, Every team in the division is like dirty. <laughs> like, like this is on the field and off. No, the you're field. right. Cause the Steelers have a, have a history of playing dirty. The Bengals had a under Marvin Lewis. We're playing dirty with a lot of those players, obviously headlined by Vontez. Perfect. Miles Garrett. I mean, actually that is crazy. That's another dirty play. Like, yeah. Wow. It's 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 like I, I don't know what it's almost like a WWE like event. When you look like 
that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's almost like the specifics of the geography too. Like if you go across divisions and you like circle teams geographically, you're not going that far. It's like a pretty, you know, obviously Baltimore is the, the one that's most outside, but when you're like the circle that you're drawing from Pittsburgh to Baltimore, that, that captures that it doesn't, it doesn't circle a whole lot of great areas. Well, by, that's like, the thing in terms of people. And you figure, so Pittsburgh's only about four and a half, four, four and a half hours away from Cincinnati. Cleveland and Pittsburgh are even closer than that. Like they're all, yeah, it is that rust belt that Eastern. Meanwhile, like that's my point. You circle Giants, Eagles, Washington. That's a pretty small, but then you're circling, like you go down to Dallas. That's a big area that you're covering. You know, the NFC, I'm trying to think, cause like the South is generally going to have some, things but it's like you cover a lot of ground between the afc south and indianapolis nfc south i mean new orleans is a wonderful city you ever drink kombucha yeah you know that shit at the bottom of the kombucha yeah that's the afc north yeah it's just like like you're gonna drink it you're gonna watch the games but you're like i don't know what this stuff is they say it's good for me yeah they say it's probiotics in all, like in in i guess my thing is in terms of not worst division by quality, but like overall worst vibes from a division, it's got to be the AFC North from fan base to like the region to the players, to the history, to the every, like a lot of bad stuff. No, you're right. I mean, I'd say overall pretty good quality of play as far as if you look, even yeah, just they're like, we'll sign every fucking talented uh, criminal. To this division. Look, I it, still it, uh, the AFC North is like Australia. It's like where they they put all the criminals, <laughs> they turn it into its own fucking criminal island. Oh, uh, that's funny. I still think people are gonna think I'm nuts. I'm gonna say it. People are like, Ruth or bad take. I still think ultimately he's not gonna get as many games as people say. And I think from a football standpoint, it was still uh, money wise is a different discussion. Football wise, I still think it was a smart move to sign to Sean Watson. Football, football wise, wise. strictly strictly football wise, take everything else out of it, and then I'm gonna pose another question. Football wise, because this ties into it, right? The NFL is at least on face value saying we care about these women or we care about changing. We're gonna appeal this. I want to pose this question after everything that came out with. Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross. Did you read up on that? Yep. So this was announced, or it was announced this week, I'm sorry, that following a six-month investigation, Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, is guilty in lots of tampering on multiple occasions, twice with Tom Brady, with Sean Payton. He's going to be fined a million and a half dollars. He can't, which by the way is a joke. When you're a billionaire, when you're a billionaire, a million and a half dollars is like me being, it's like the $30 parking ticket I got the other day. Like that's yep. the equivalent. Um, also, which you, de- which you definitely cursed about when you sell your car. I didn't really curse. You know why? I'm used to living in Los Angeles. It was a street sweep cleaning day. 
I mean, thirty dollars, Joe. That's a that's one hundred and fifty dollars in L.A. Yeah. Oh, so, bro. Yesterday, I walked up to my car in Santa Monica, and I thought I had a ticket, but it turned out to be one of those like they just stuck something in the side of your car. Or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was a Uber Eats fucking sure. thing. I I punched a fucking person in the face and fired my gun in the air and started cursing before I even knew it was a ticket. I was like, "This, I'll fucking, I'll murder this whole goddamn town." Yeah. Where's the mayor? I'm slashing his throat. Yeah. And then I was like, this is bullshit. I have five minutes left on the meter. I sucker punched a meter maid. And I was like, sorry, it's an Uber Eats coupon. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the tickets are so expensive out there where, again, quality of life here in Ohio and Kentucky. I mean, it's a $30, it's a $30 fine in Northern Kentucky. Anyway, he was Stephen Ross. The NFL said violated the anti-tampering policy on three occasions. Again, multiple conversations with Tom Brady and then New Orleans Saints head coach at the time, Sean Payton. So he's fined a million and a half dollars and he's suspended from now until October 17th. So he can't go on the team facility, which, by the way, is funny to me. Who's monitoring that? He can't yeah. show up at the practice, the team facility, the locker room, et cetera. Who's monitoring that? Also, what does the owner got to do there? Yeah. You know, he's like, okay, fine. But the most important thing for me in all this is the Brian Flores lawsuit claiming that they offer him a hundred grand to purposely tank. And this is where the NFL is so full of shit. They said that they did not violate that because did you read this? Because I got to read this verbatim. They said he made those claims. Where is it? Oh, yeah. The investigation also found that Ross's offer of $100,000 for every loss of which there were differing recollections about the wording, timing, and context was not intended or taken to be a serious offer. That's hilarious. So the NFL, for everyone, this is really important. They are admitting to some degree that the Dolphins owner offered a hundred grand to Brian Flores to lose games, but it was in air quotes, a joke. Yeah. That's insane. So I'm going to pose this JK, 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 smiley face. Yeah. I'm going to post this tongue out emoji, tongue out emoji. And again, I want to take the moral aspect out of it. I would argue right here on this show from a football standpoint, strictly about the, preservation of the game as we know it and protecting the shield i would argue what he did offering money to purposely tank is far more detrimental to the actual sport than anything deshaun watson has done again i'm not talking about morals i'm strictly talking about who is more detrimental to the sanctity of this week the the other thing is because a lot of times, you know, people love to do this and and it's sort of mixed messages about, you know, sexual assault versus, like you said, the the integrity of the league. But again, we go back to keep it in the same realm. What about the Calvin Ridley thing? Like Calvin Ridley suspended a year solely because it's like the integrity of the game. Right. I, I would I would say this is far more detrimental to the league than a guy playing fucking DraftKings or whatever. 
Couldn't agree more. And, and that's all I'm saying. Morally, obviously, what Deshaun Watson did is far worse from a moral, ethical standpoint. Like, it's far worse. I'm just saying from the league that always talks about protecting the shield. Dude, you're protecting the shield by offering your coach a hundred grand to tank. And now the NFL is combating that by saying, Oh, it was just a joke. LOL. What are you a 14 year old girl on Instagram? (laughs) And, and then this dude's got the nerve. He's a very punchable. He, I'd say most of these owners are punchable. You know, it's like the old white guy. Yeah. He's in his why, 80s. Co- why are your collars so big? Yeah. It's like, that's it's all like, I think of when I see a rich guy. Why do you guys have such big fucking collars? It's like you got a punchable face. This dude, in a statement, responds to Brian Flores' allegations. Ross says in a statement, the independent investigation cleared our organization on any issues related to tanking and all of Brian Flores' other allegations. As I have said all along, these allegations were false, malicious, and defamatory, and this issue, this issue is now put to rest. But no, they're not false. Literally, the NFL themselves said this was said, but it was a joke. Yeah, that's insane. It's, it's, it, that's, that's absolutely insane, because obviously Brian Flores didn't take it as a joke. Yeah. I mean, come on. And he's a good coach. I stand by that. I love that Brian Flores is a head coach. I think he's a great coach. Where is he now? Is he in Pittsburgh? Yeah, he's an assistant. I think he's a really good coach. I think he was dealt a shitty hand in a shitty situation and a shitty quarterback with Tua. I shouldn't say shitty, but you know, a guy who I just don't know can take it next level. And I think he did the best with the cards he was dealt. I'd love to have Flores as a head coach. Again, the NFL always protecting the owners. That, 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 to, to me, this is, this is the classic. I mean, you said it, and, and it's true. The NFL, the NFL has the best public relations of anybody. They're appealing the Deshaun Watson suspension, and that's all anybody's talking about. Like, yeah. I feel we're the only show who ever brings this stuff up. I was on a call for something related for a, a possible partner for dirty sports. And I was bringing up Dan Schneider yesterday. And it's like, I don't think these people were fully aware of that. He was hiding on a yacht in the Mediterranean. I'm like, nobody talks about that. Cause they, they let these, these stories just get buried. Yeah. yeah. They weren't aware that Daniel Snyder is living a Nick cage movie. Currently <laughs> I'm going to live on a yacht. Nick Cage in international waters. They can't get me on a yacht. Yeah, man. It's it's just it's just wild. And again, nothing's gonna happen and, and nothing. I hope they suck for the record. I'm gonna steal our cheerleaders' declaration of finger pendants. I hope they lose every game. Yeah. I hope the dolphins suck. Like this, and again, just seeing this owner, I don't know. I hope they lose every game. I hope they lose every game except the games to the Jets because I really want Kyle Aronofsky to get a Ryan Fitzpatrick tattoo. We got to talk about Lions fans again. I can't get enough. Dude, I'm addicted. I am addicted to Lions fans. Delusions. I I mean, we did. We did. I feel like we really discovered something last year during uh, 
Thanksgiving gate when we when we open the Pandora's box that is Lions Reddit. Oh my god! And I feel like what happened is Lions fans, and I I feel like the only way to describe it is like Lions fans. The, the Lions franchise is so bad that Lions fans are not a dumpster fire. Like 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 the Lions fan base isn't living in a dumpster. The Lions fan base is living in the sewers like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and we pulled up a manhole cover. Oh, my God. Last year, we went down in the sewer like it was Ghostbusters 2. Uh, you know, and we were fucking... Dan Aykroyd getting like lowered down and we got down there and we realized, Oh, it is way worse. Like you guys have no idea what's going on in the, in the sewers. Oh my God. So, and now some of them have crept out of the sewers and are living above (laughs) ground, calling our show, tweeting at us, showing themselves. They're like pizza rat. And now that's made and now that's made us go, huh? Look at that rat. Maybe we should follow, see where he ends up. And then we follow him into the sewers, and there's millions of them. So this is what what, what are you guys down here? And they're and and there's just like millions of rats around, like a like a a, you know, it's always sunny. Charlie is in it's always sunny in Philadelphia murder board. And we're like, what are you doing? They're like, we're mapping out our roadmap to 12 wins. And you're like, excuse me? So last night, fun fact, uh, you guys have won. I looked this up yesterday in the history of the Detroit Lions. They've won 12 games a single time, one single time. The history, the entire organization. And I'm going to look it up. They started. No, obviously, they didn't play as many games. They started in 1930. Or, okay, let's go when they went to Detroit, 1934. So they've won 12 games one time. Once. 1991. Their last playoff victory, by the way. So <laughs> last night, I hopped on the lines Reddit. I went from like being half awake, lying on the couch, I'm exhausted, to just hysterically laughing. To the point where my girlfriend from the other room was like, what are you, la- what are you cackling about in there? And I was texting you at the time, and it was about the Lions Reddit, Lions fans Reddit. And I'm sure, obviously, any team's Reddit is going to be all Homer based. And I disagree. I think you okay. get a lot. I think you get a lot of like. So here's the thing. Uh, I'll just give you uh, an example because obviously I'm deep in Mets social media culture. I don't. I don't play around on Mets Reddit a lot, but there's there are two. There are at least two factions of Mets Twitter. And I said this the other day when I was tweeting is like, there's a lot of gloom and doom to Matt's Twitter. And I was, um, I was uh, critical of the Mets moves at the deadline. And in my tweets, I even said, as far as Mets Twitter goes, I think I would be plot. I think somebody would plot me 
just maybe slight, slightly on the uh, optimism side of Mets Twitter. I mean, Mets Twitter gets started. There are people who are like, Francisco Lindor's a bust. We should slash his throat the next time he leaves the stadium so that we can be relieved of this contract. And I'm like, he's about to break like the Mets fucking shortstop record for RBI in the season. It's August 1st. So, but I feel like Lions fans, you go on Lions Reddit, you'll get one guy out of every 50 who's like, I I think we win four games this year. We're pretty historically bad franchise. And everybody's like, what the fuck are you talking about? So this is the specific one that I saw with Jared Goat understand. (laughs) Excuse me. Somebody posted yesterday. It's an image of Jared Goff, which again, that alone should just be ring the fire alarm because it's Jared Goff. It's a picture of Jared Goff in the title of the post says thoughts. And next to the picture of Goff, it says, what's the Lions record during this five game stretch? And this is the last one of the last like five games towards the end of the year. It's against Jacksonville, against Minnesota, at the Jets, at Carolina, against Chicago. So weaker teams. And again, not weaker than the Lions, but weak, weak in the league. Yeah, weak in the league. It's it's week 13 to 17. All, all teams except for one that had a better record than the, the Lions last year. The first comment, and he's not being facetious. He says four and one should be five and oh, but throwing in one L there for credibility. 250 upvotes. And if you read the comments, most fans are just like assuming the Lions are going to go at least three and two in a five-game stretch. And what's amazing is I didn't finish, but I started. I was like, since the year 2000, since the turn of the millennium, since Y2K, how many random four wins in five-game stretches have there been? I think it was four or five. So about every four to five years they have a four out of five game stretch and even some of those it was like a win a bye week a win a loss a win a win yeah so i mean we have a delusional fan base and then it made me look up out of curiosity goss numbers and then i sent you something in which is not trending well for Lions fans. These are Goff's touchdown passes the last four years, going back to his first Pro Bowl with the Rams when they made the Super Bowl. These are his touchdown passes. 32, 22, 20, 19. So for four straight seasons, Goff has thrown less touchdown passes. That's not a good sign. Four years in a row. The other thing I can't believe is happening. I just cannot believe that this meme of a coach. Oh my God. I'm going to like inspiring people every. So here's the thing. Here's the thing about Dan Campbell. I mean, the giants just had Joe judge. Joe judge had certain aspects of his personality. A few aspects of his personality. You were like, okay, I see what you're saying there, but I would say about 60% of Joe 
Joe Judge's personality to me as a Giants fan was like, uh, I don't know how I feel about like prof- punishing professional players with laps and push-ups and rah-rah fucking bullshit. Dan Campbell. Oh my god. They they, they took they went into the portion of Joe Judge's brain that makes a, a modern NFL fan cringe. And they did a biopsy from that part of his brain. And they put that piece of his brain in a Petri dish and they grew a human out of that. They cloned a human from the fucking most backwards ass rah, rah shitty part of Joe judge's brain. And they made Dan Campbell and lions fans love it. Oh, they love it. Now he's very entertaining from a comedic sense. So yeah. I okay. couldn't I couldn't stop watching so the Mr. Bean. Yeah, the clip. <laughs> I think Dan Campbell's funnier. The clip I'm about to play is from Hard Knocks, which I completely butchered thinking it was on last week. I got called out, which was hilarious. Shout out to Dirtball Samir who DM'd me, like, yo, dude, what? Like it's August 9th, not August 1st. So I don't know what I looked up. Total mess up on my part. Anyway, they previewed a clip for next week's episode. I've probably watched this clip seven or eight times because it's like a parody turned into real life, like you said. Dan Campbell's a meme. This is a meme. This is a South Park character. I know everybody always calls him PC principal because he kind of looks like that guy. This is absolutely real what i'm about to play imagine being a professional football coach in the national football league and saying these things to try to hype up your team what are we what makes us what we are and what we're going to be i think it's that right there it's grit and what does it mean in a nutshell i think it means this we'll go a little bit longer we'll push a little harder and we'll think a little deeper and a little sharper. It means we're unbreakable. Like to me, it means we'll play anywhere. We'll play on grass, we'll play in turf, we'll go to a landfill, doesn't matter. And that's what we gotta be. That's who we have to be. Because we'll tread water as long as it takes to bury you. Let's go to work, man, it's about to be fun, O and D. I'm not convinced he knows anything about just about like substances. We're gonna bury you. We'll bury you in <laughs> we'll bury you in water. We'll bury you in water and we'll drown you in bricks. We'll we'll take you to a landfill and we'll drown you. We'll take you to a pool, we'll bury you. Uh you you bury somebody in a solid and you drown them in a liquid. We don't care. We don't care. You know what he Offense is? Offensive defense puts lotion in the basket. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? You know what this is right here? It's a brick. You know what happens if you stock them up? You get a brick wall. You know what I would do for you guys? I'd run fucking through it. What? You know what he reminds me of? Again, it's all about comedy for me. You remember the sketches that Chris Farley used to do? Yeah. Was it Mick motivational Fo- speaker? Foley something Foley? Yeah. That uh, you know, he lived in a trailer down by the yeah. river. 
But that's kind of, again, that's why it's comedy to me. Like you remind me of an old SNL sketch with Chris Farley and they show the players faces. Like if I'm on that team, if I'm Jared Goff and he's in the picture, I'm saying, dude, what the fuck is my game plan? Yeah. I don't care about. I playing- just see, you know, and you know, and from every fucking training camp they always show like the quarterback over there with the helmet on and he's standing right next to you. you get the picture all the time new coach blah 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 with the court and they're just standing next to the coach and it looks like they're talking i just am I, i'm just like captioning that conversation between jared goff and dan campbell is like so if if i've got my ex receiver matched up in one-on-one he's playing him on the inside he comes on this you know sluggo do i want it? he's like you want to just feel it feeling your balls no but i'm saying do i want to like you know do i want to like lead him on the inside do i want like you know do i want to look him off first and he's like look inside yourself that's where you want to no but i mean like my eyes like at the safety like do i want to look off the safety you want to look inside your soul you want to look inside your nutsack see if you got the fight in you it's not where the safety's playing. It's the size of the dog in the fight, Jared. And he's like, I don't, I, you're, I feel like you're mixing metaphors here. So I'm not no, speaking metaphorically. We watch hard knocks every year. Normally yeah. there is that, there's always that guy, whether it's yeah. the strength trainer, the yeah. D line coach, none of them are the head coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the, there's the one guy who's the coach or the trainer or whatever it is on the team. There's the one guy who's going to be the Dan Campbell. But again, he's not the head coach. That's your head coach. Like, is he showing up with just zero? I mean, the whole this knowledge? whole thing was he was he was never qualified to be the head coach of this team. Wasn't he like the tight end coach in Miami? Wasn't he the tight end coach on a struggle at a struggling franchise? Again, you take like the worst of Joe Judge. Joe Judge was a on the Patriots staff, he was the assistant head coach, whatever that means. They all list that, and tight ends coach at the Saints. At the Saints. So he was an interim coach in 2015 for the Dolphins midseason. They went five and seven. And he went three, 13 and one last year. I mean, everything about him. Dude, we got it, a lot of games. We, we took a lot of L's last year. This year, we're going to get a lot of W's. So what are you, what are we going to do about it? Well, look at that L see that up there on the board. It's an L I'm going to give you a hammer. You're going to beat it. You're going to beat it like an old-timey blacksmith until it looks like a W. That's it. We're going to we're going to physically reform L's into W. But are we going to do that with like a better offense or a better defense? Grit. <laughs> Determination. Fight. Oh, I can't wait for this season. I can't wait. Like this, this, like I want more of this. This is again, this is hilarious. I want more of this. I'm looking at his Wikipedia right now. 
None of this. Everything I'm reading, I'd say it makes perfect sense. Campbell is a noted fan of Metallica. And during his time at Texas A&M, he was nicknamed Dan Talica by his roommate, Shane Leckler. He also enjoys country music and classic rock. Of course. Everything about him screams all those things. Get ready, kids. I mean, it's, it's, this week. It's, it's, un, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that he is the head coach of a football team. And But it's not unbelievable because, because they're the Lions, but it's unbelievable that people are buying in. To me, is 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 mind blowing. Is there people a, like we love it? Is there Let another? Let me ask you something. Let me ask you guys something right here. When Tim McGraw got barbecue sauce <laughs> on his white T-shirt, did he give up? Did he just walk around, barbecue stain guy? No, no. He went down to the store. He got himself some shout. And then what did he get? What did he get to apply on that barbecue stain t-shirt? He got something with a little grit. A little grit on it. And he used that grit to get that off. And now, he's married to Faith Hill. Let's go offense and defense. <laughs> what the fuck is this guy talking about? Well, you mentioned barbecue sauce, and I'm hungry. It makes me want to go over to my new house, fire up the grill, and throw some of those butcher box steaks on it and cook a nice post-dirty sports meal. I love butcher box, Joe. I mean, it's we've been working with them for years. For anyone who doesn't know, it's a subscription service that delivers high-quality meat and seafood right to your doorstep. You don't and have such, to. It's such good quality too. I mean, at this point, I have a hard time finding better quality, better quality meats than I get from Butcher Box. Yeah, the days of the corner butcher are long gone. That's right. You're not getting it at some name brand supermarket. Not what you're getting from Butcher Box. And for me. Their bacon, unbelievable. Well, it's funny you say that because we got a great deal going on with bacon right now. Like the best deal possible. Free bacon for life. Excuse That's me? Free bacon for life. What's that now? Free bacon for life. How's this work? I, honestly, I'm I'm gonna sign up and and do it today. How's free bacon for life work? Please tell me. I'll, I'll explain it. So this is like this is like a Willy Wonka promotion. It's Come the best promotion me. ever. And so you'll see a world of unlimited bacon. <laughs> so dirt balls, get summer sizzling with this special butcher box deal for our listeners. Like I just said, free bacon for life plus a hundred dollars off membership. So that's a pretty good deal. So this is how you get that, Joe. Everybody write this down. You sign up today at butcherbox.com forward slash dirty and use code bonus 100 
to get one pack of free bacon in every box for the life of your membership. Yeah. Plus, as if that wasn't good enough, plus $100 off your first order. Yes. So, so again, this is our own URL. So just pay attention. It's butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. And you use code bonus 100 to claim this deal. So you get free bacon for life and you get $100 off your first order. Sounds like a win-win situation. It's summer. It's heading into fall. Perfect time to fire up that grill and watch the Lions win six games. Maybe. Certainly not nine games. Certainly not eight games. <laughs> but they're going to go four and one in a five-game stretch. Be really impressive. I might have to go to uh, a local sports book and play some. I'll be in Vegas at the end of the month. I'm, okay. I might hammer the under. It'll be perfect because it'll it, people will be all jazzed up on fucking hard knocks. Oh yeah, no, you're maybe right. That, maybe that over under old balloon. Ooh, you're right. They're gonna see one of his grits. He wrote. He wrote that. If you watch the video, he actually wrote that grit <laughs> real big. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I saw that. It's like a it's like a John Wayne movie. Yeah, he's trying to relate to twenty two year old kid talking about grit. Anyway, we'll keep we'll keep following that throughout the year. That's that's going to be a fun one when Hard Knocks drops next week. We got to discuss baseball news. Major trades have happened since Monday's episode. The big one, Juan Soto, unreal. The Padres are pretty stacked now. <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. Padres are pretty stacked. They don't have Tatis Jr. back yet. Sure. And Machado, they got Soto, Tatis, you know, looking like he's will return somewhat near future. Have Cronworth was an all star this year, who's awesome. Uh, they have a, they, I mean, well, they got from the Reds. He's not like a major star, but he hit a grand slam yesterday. He's yeah. had a great year for the Reds. Uh, Brandon Drew, Drury. Brandon Drury. Yep. Like, great player. Gr- you know, great, like absolutely the kind of guy that you have, uh, you know, toward the bottom of your lineup if you're a championship team. Um, they went and got Josh Hader. Uh, they went and got Josh Hader. And, you know, the thing about the like the the Hader deal was they didn't even give up super top prospects. Now, they essentially swapped closers. But I was saying, even if you look at their statistics um, that are similar, you you got a guy, you got a vet. You got a yeah. guy who's been there before. Sure. You know, I like mean, about what they did. Soto, and Soto, I like, I, you know, they're clearly going win now. Well, Soto's like- got a couple of years before they even have to extend them, although they probably will. I mean, they're, and, and what's amazing about San Diego as well is they're not a huge market. Well, they're just fucking all in. Well, here's what I'm glad you brought that up. Last year was a major disappointment for them. Remember how they just completely shit the bed in the second half. The argument can be made. They could have reshuffled after last year's disappointment, but they didn't. So obviously San Diego still has a lot of people as far as city wise, but it's not the biggest market 
for TV deals and rights and those sort of things. They are doing what more teams should do in the quasi-middle markets. Hey, we had a disappointing year, but we still got some nice pieces we can build around those guys. And obviously, they went to the extreme with that. And they're a legitimate World Series contender now. Of course they are. I mean, Juan Soto is an absolute game changer for whatever team. That was why it was amazing that he ended up in San Diego. Um, It doesn't seem like they even gave up. They didn't, they didn't mortgage their entire farm system, which a lot of like a lot of the talk was that that's what some, some teams well, they didn't. I thought do. they did. And I mean, they, but across the board for, for this, it wasn't, it's not like they're, it's not like that's it. I mean, they have other prospects. I mean, they, they give up in the Soto deal, some of their top prospects, but it wasn't like 12 guys. You know what I mean? The talk was that he was the the Washington was going to command essentially everybody that you have. Yeah, and they gave up. They didn't give up. A, they didn't give up any of their top prospects for Hater, which is why they still were involved in the Soto deal to begin with. Sure, but their farm system wasn't nearly. You know, the Dodgers have such a deep farm system. The Mets, it sounds like, were never considered because of the the you know division rivalry thing. There's also now rumors that there's like this Steve Cohen tax that that's why they didn't get a Wilson Contreras deal done, which is like, I don't understand that. If that's true, I don't understand what's going on with like butthurt owners. Like haven't the Yankees and Dodgers and Red Sox been doing this? Isn't this their like doing it for years? Isn't this their blueprint for success? Suddenly some guy comes in and has a bunch of money and everybody's going to be like, well, we're going to make you pay more because you're the LOL Mets and, we, we think we can take you for everything. Like the idea that Wilson Contreras didn't get traded or Ian Happ didn't get traded at all. And the Cubs are just sitting there on them. It's weird. Um, do you so think I, I was not happy with our moves, but do you think the Padres, I mean, they're 11 and a half games out. They just don't oh, care. They just want I mean, wild. Card. Listen, whether they care or not, do they care? Of course they care. Do they want to win the division? Of course they do. Are they going to attempt to win every game down the stretch and catch the Dodgers? Yeah, of course they are. But the question of like, how are you 11 and a half games out and you, um, and you're making moves as if you're like trying to put yourself over the top. Well, that's, that simply comes down to again, as a, as far as a wild card goes, they're three and a half games up on a team on the Phillies team. That's the closest of taking them out of wild cards, but so they're already, they're in the playoffs with a semi decent lead. And they're also, when you get a child in Juan Soto building for the future, like the idea of going out and trading prospects to get guys, you're going, Oh, we're in win now mode versus win later mode. Juan Soto is younger than dudes who played in the Futures game. Yeah. So when you're doing that, you're doing that a little with Hater, which you didn't even give up any of your top guys, but you're not doing that with Juan Soto. No, but no, nobody that they traded is going to become Juan Soto. I can say that with full guarantee 
I just, I can't think of the last time. Like there was this much excitement for the Padres. Well, I tweeted it the other day from Dirty Slides. The very first thing that we did on Dirty Slides is demand the Padres bring back the Brown. We single-handedly forced the San Diego Padres to reevaluate their branding. They brought back the Brown and they changed their entire culture. Is the Dirty Slides podcast responsible for any coming San Diego Padres success? Yes, fully, 100%. I would, you- I, I would argue if the Padres win a World Series in the next five years, that the Dirty Slides podcast is more responsible for that than Juan Soto. And I say that because it's a domino effect. You can you do not have Juan Soto unless you bring back the Brown. You don't bring back the Brown unless we start a campaign to force you to. Padres haven't won 90 games since 2010. I mean, like they are just like you, you don't. I think people forget. Maybe they don't forget. They are just a historically bad franchise. They've won 90, 90 or more games just twice since 1998. That's almost a 25 year stretch just to win 90 games twice. I, you know, I think it's, I think it's great. It's exciting. They got a great ballpark. It's in Southern California. Mm. It's aesthetically pleasing if you're in a playoffs that time That's of great. year. It's great. I mean, listen. Obviously, the rival with the Dodgers is nice. The idea that they're in right now, the Dodgers are in right now, the Mets are in right now. It, you know, it feels like, it feels like, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but it feels like, the potential of watching postseason Mets baseball in Southern California is real. That's good for you. It's trending that way. Yeah. Which I love. You know that. You know, I almost, I almost, uh, I don't want to say I like it more, but I almost like it more being a, a visiting Mets fan in big games. Was, was going to the 2015 playoffs in Dodger Stadium with you more exciting than going to the 2015 World Series in New York? No, but it was really, really close. Remember how great that atmosphere was? It was great. Nothing beats it. Well, let's get to a call about your Mets. Your boy, the Grom is back. We got a call about it. What's up, guys? This is Samir um, from Texas. Prano, I got a question for you. Uh, Jacob DeGrom is back. Uh, he looked really good, really sharp. Uh, I noticed he's throwing harder than ever. He hit 102 yesterday. My question for you is that we've seen Jacob DeGrom dominate years ago, only throwing, you know, 97, 98. And in recent years, he's really upped his velocity to 100, 101, 102. And it's in recent years that we've seen him have all these soft body injuries, all these strains um, that have sidelined him. So my question for you as a Mets fan would you ask, or as a Mets manager, would you ask Jacob DeGrom to maybe not throw as hard, see if he can sit more 98 to preserve his health? Uh, do you think it's even possible for an athlete to go there 
and maybe throw, not throw as hard as he wants to throw and still be uh, as competitive and sharp. Um, curious to your thoughts. So I, I agree. I mean, the, 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 the idea that he started throwing harder and he started getting hurt. That that's the, that's facts. That's not opinions. But I think that there's a little bit more to this in terms of how, how you look at it. First of all, Jacob DeGrom was dominant. I think that there, I think that there is, and I don't know if this is DeGrom, if this is the Mets, if this is a combo of the two, I think there is a little bit of this or, and the third combo third in the combo is just modern baseball in general. I just think these guys get babied a lot. Yeah. I think, I think half of the, half of the injuries, not to go full John Sarno here, but I think half of the injuries that Jacob deGrom has had over the last call it, let's call it three years are things that Nolan Ryan woke up day in and day out dealing with. The thing about Jacob deGrom and throwing hard though, Forget dominating at 98. If you look at his velocity from when he came up, he was, I mean, he won rookie of the year. He came up and was great. He was filthy good in that 2015 run in the playoffs. He goes from that to being the most dominant pitcher in baseball for a couple of years in a row. This is just how his velocity, his velocity, when he started out, by the way, he was throwing 93, 94 and dominating, 95 and dominating. The thing about Jacob DeGrom is he doesn't look physically different. He's a little bit bigger, but he still looks like a piece of spaghetti. He's still a whip. He doesn't look like he's throwing 102 when he throws 102. He doesn't look like he's straining himself to throw 102. The thing about Jacob DeGrom that makes him so absolutely dominant, it is the most casual 102 I've ever seen in my fucking life. Yeah. It's the most casual 98 I've ever seen. He doesn't look like he's, he's not Tim Lincecum where he's, you know, turning himself fucking sideways and getting all this body torque and whatever. It's the most casual 102 you've ever seen. So, yeah, I get being concerned. I just think that the idea of dialing it back isn't reasonable. You, He doesn't like he could probably throw 105 if he fucking tried to give it absolutely everything. He doesn't seem like he's doing that. I don't know how you ask a guy to throw two percent less because that's really what you're saying we don't need you throwing 100 we need you to throw in 98 can you dial sure. it back two per- i don't know how you do that i could you know i could see you saying to a pitcher go 85 percent today which is i'm sure what he was doing in his uh rehab starts but i don't think you can say go 98 percent today we don't need one of two can you sit 99? It's like, that's not, how do you do that? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. It's you're, I don't know how you find that balance. It's just impossible. 
it's like, uh, you know, I've, I've started obviously getting a little bit more serious about playing golf. And for a while, my wedge game, guild golf talk for you golf fans out there. My wedge game was really strong because I would essentially just pick whichever club was closest and take a full swing. If I was 80 yards out, I'd grab my fucking, you know, 60 degree and I'd take a full swing. I've now gotten, I've now advanced in my golf game where I need to be a little bit more precise. And I'm really struggling with, instead of hitting your 60 full here, why don't you take out your 52 and put like 60% on, you know? And there's a whole like clock system of how far to go back. Now I'm getting better and better about going 50% back, 75% back. You could never tell me, you could never tell me, take out your sand wedge and go 98%, but not a hundred. That's how do you, how does one do that? Yeah. So I think you just got to look at Jacob deGrom and say, it's, uh, some bad luck and some probably babying of them and some probably not wanting to ruin your investment and some being scared about um, having the best pitcher in baseball and not wanting to lose him for a long time. And also just he's throwing 102 the same way he threw 94, the same way he threw 96, 98. It's just, I don't think he's changed his mechanics. I don't think he's changed his effort. I think he's just gotten stronger and he's just gotten better. Yeah. The, the reason Jacob DeGrom is also so goddamn dominant is he's learned to pitch in the big leagues. He's not the kind of, he's, I mean, he's not a whole lot younger than Clayton Kershaw, who was up like way before him because he was a shortstop. He's learned to pitch at the big league level. And hopefully now That's it's crazy, man. I didn't know that. Yeah. When did he convert? Well, he was in he was a shortstop in college, probably in the minors. That's I mean, I think crazy he, though to change he, positions like that. I mean, he also I'm sure pitched, but like he was a position player. Sure, that's why he's such a good hitter. Mm-hmm. Is that background? Yeah, there's a great college clip of him hitting a home run off a dominating Chris Sale in college. Like Chris Sale's like dominating a college game, and Jacob Degrom comes up and takes him yard. I wonder if someone like DeGrom misses hitting. I think he probably does. He also hurt himself swinging a couple times. So like, but he's back, baby. He's back. And if he's healthy, look the fuck out. Well, I got a good idea for you this weekend. You mentioned golf, your boys back. Not that I need to tell you to do this, but I think in these dog days of summer, the August heat, it's hitting us. I think you need to relax with some cold Miller lights, Joe, especially if you're on the golf course. I know that helps your game, you said. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Swing juice, you know, a little, a little birdie juice. I mean, twerks, I, I, once again, shout out to twerks. I didn't know the, uh, I didn't know what the vibe was gonna be. He was like, "I'm bringing my roommate. He hasn't played too much." Blah blah blah. I showed up. 
I was like, I'm going to walk it. I'm going to use the, I'm going to get my steps in today. He's like, we're going to take a cart, but in the back of our cart, we have a 12 pack of Miller light. I was like, man, twerks best intern ever. He's just Bless like, help yourself, help yourself to some Miller lights. I was like, I can't wait. Bless his heart. And, and twerks knows that Miller light is brewed for beer lovers in mind. Guys, if you like beer, drink Miller Lite. It's not water. It's not some of these other products that are fruity. It's a perfect drink to kick back, relax on the golf course, on your back patio, at a tailgate, you name it. To quote, this- old, to quote old school, once it hits the lips... You're just going to find your happy space. This is really, I mean, this is when Miller Lite season really starts too, right? Because the summer, you know, barbecue, golf, beach season. But now we're getting into like the the final stretch of baseball. Football training camps have opened. Weather still good. Football bubbling. Baseball headed toward the postseason. This is this is Miller Lite season. That's right. So next time you're getting ready to enjoy cold ones with your crew, go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. You want to hear a call about the Yanks? Well, talking since baseball. We're, since we're already talking baseball, I'm actually shocked that we've made it this far into the show without talking what I think was maybe the biggest news in the baseball world, which is the passing of the goat. That's right. I have that the on the real rundown. goat. I'm sorry. I have that on the, the real goat. Vince Scully. That I mean, that's a that's you know, as far as baseball losses go. I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure there's a bigger one that could have happened, one that could have affected more people. I'm not a Dodger fan, but Vince Gully, I mean, he did so many big national games over the years. He is the, the true GOAT. He called the Dodgers for 67 seasons from Brooklyn to L.A. That's fascinating that he did that move. Yeah. And just the best. Everybody's been putting out all the clips and all the things through the years. But, like, I mean, he called the Buckner game. Obviously, he's the Dodger guy, the voice of the Dodgers for, you know, the better part of a century. He calls the Buckner game. He calls the Kirk Gibson game, which is just too perfect. But if you want to appreciate Vin Scully, there's here's a couple things you should do. If you didn't, if you if you're not like a Vin Scully, uh, uh, you know, fanboy like I was, first of all, just go watch clips of him just calling random regular games and the stories and the the way he did it. But Watch the watch the Kirk Gibson clip. It's so good. First of all, I watched the Kirk Gibson clip and I watched, watched the Buckner clip. It's like Vince Scully amazingly always had these things. Like the Kirk Gibson clip 
of just his at bat is like seven minutes long. The Mookie Wilson clip is like nine minutes long. Like this guy is the voice of just like epic baseball moments. Those are two at bats, average seven minutes. But here's what you should take away from the Kirk Gibson clip. And it'll lead me into my next point about Vince Scully. Great call of the whole at bat. Great setting of the scene. Great whatever. He hits the home run. Vince Scully doesn't say anything for a minute. Yeah. A full minute. Comes back for that from that minute with a perfect line. Then goes quiet for like another 45 seconds. Why don't I do this? Alone in the uh, booth. Why don't I do this? So he he would work solo. I we can play some of it. I have the Kirk Gibson clip. Let's just play some. Of it. We're not gonna play all of it. this. Video is nine yeah. minutes forty four seconds. But but I'll play around with it. Go to like the six minute mark. Or do you want me to, you want Gibson coming up to get the start? Sure. And look who's coming up. Just letting the crowd do its thing. Yeah, like right there, that that that's a that's a pro when you let the crowd, like you said. He he doesn't even say his name. He doesn't even say Kirk Gibson's name. Look who's coming up. Let's the audience hear the Dodgers fans screaming. I mean, that's, that's 30 seconds of dead air. 14 fastballs in a row. That's all he's been throwing. There goes Davis. And it's fouled away. I want solar panels. I mean, come on, Major League Baseball. Trying to hit me with ads in between this. I mean, I mean, this is Major League Baseball's YouTube. All right. What, what, what mark do you think I should go to? Yeah, you're right there. After the steal, it's like two pitches later. I think he puts it out, or maybe in the next pitch. Let's let's do it. I got it. Here it is. All right, it's coming up here. Three and two right now. Two outs. Again, Sacks waiting on deck, but the game right now is at the plate. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. That's it. He doesn't talk for another minute. A full minute. I mean, it's amazing. Kirk Gibson can barely walk. Okay, great. I mean, Major League Baseball won't even let you hear the minute before they hit you with the net. Oh, and and I, I, my next point about Vince Scully, and this ties in directly with our complaints about Major League Baseball. We talk a lot about the greatest people to ever do it, right? We talk about, you know, Jerry Rice is the go receiver and Tom Brady's go quarterback and Michael Jordan and LeBron and all these people. 
I'm going to say this about Vin Scully. And this is something you cannot say about LeBron or Michael or Brady or Jerry Rice. Vin Scully is the greatest to ever do it. He will always be the greatest to ever do it. No one will ever be better at it than Vin Scully because he was the GOAT and baseball, shitty as it is, will never allow it to happen like that again. They'll never have a guy alone. They'll never have a guy where they don't force some ex-ball player in there that instead of that minute, they immediately go to the clip. They don't show Gibson rounding the bases. And they, uh, they got Smalls. He tried to come with his slider there. Gibson made a bang. No, they'll never, ever, ever do it again because baseball, stupid fucking Major League Baseball, always worried about the, the fan that they don't have, never worried about the fan that they do have, never worried about catering to the people who already love the game. They'll never have a guy alone in the booth. They'll never have a guy go quiet for a minute. They'll never have a guy who's telling stories mixed in with middle three minute long story. Ball misses outside. Right back to the story. They'll never have it. They'll always take some fucking broadcaster pairing with some fucking former player dipshit. Vin Scully is the greatest to ever do it. He will always be the greatest to ever do it because they'll never allow it to be that great again. Well, it's amazing when you watch that clip. You would think baseball or just sports in general would maybe watch old clips and say, guys, it's cool to hear silence and to see the pan shots of the crowd, but longer pan shots. They obviously do pan shots of the crowd now, but extended views of the crowd, the atmosphere, the audio, it really makes you feel like you're there. It's, it's, I, you could almost argue that it's better produced in 1988 at that world series than games are now, but you're right. You know, why they will never do it because everything is presented by everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they need the sponsors and the yeah. money. They'll go to the analyst and they'll be like, he missed on that slider there, just like you're missing out on deals at Target. Go yeah. to Target now. Get this sure. deodorant that'll help you stand up to cancer. No, exactly. It, it's definitely a moment in time. Which the best is crazy. Ever. The best ever. And 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 honestly, I came out here like Vin Scully, Brooklyn to L- LA, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna. Being able to listen to him on the radio was awesome. Being able to hear him on. I like Charlie Steiner, but every time I hear Charlie Steiner's voice, it makes me want to yak because it's not Vin Scully. And also, like, I came out here being like, I'm going to be a fucking, I'm going to be a low-key Dodger fan because fucking Vin Scully's the best. And then I got here and I went to a Dodgers game and immediately started hating the Dodgers, plus the Chase Utley thing. Now we'll never root for the Dodgers. Um, But the best ever. The best ever. No doubt about it. Head and shoulders. They're like head and shoulders. I don't, there's not another, like Jerry Rice, I guess would be the, uh, like there's no other goat where it's like head and shoulders above second place. Who's the second best announcer of all time? 
I don't fucking know. Who gives a shit? Yeah, that'd be a great thing to discuss. The best announcers of all time. Did people love Howard Cassell? I don't know. Before Everybody my talks time. About him. I mean, yeah. before that's what I'm saying. Before both of our times. I mean, I liked Madden. I, I feel like, like I feel like even Howard Cosell would say Vince Cosell. Look at that little Scully go. I mean, I liked Madden, but I remember even during that time, a lot of people didn't like Madden. Yeah, Madden's I actually just great. I just filled out a poll today. It was interesting. The Athletic is doing a poll for people who watch football. I mean, it was quick. It took not even two minutes on which team are you most excited to hear does it even matter and they they did put the manning cast they put on a scale of one to five the outside normal broadcast how much do you like those i'll be curious when the poll comes out when you see the results because at the end of the day i mean i'm a spoiled baseball watcher when i get gary keith and ron especially when the three of them are together in my opinion no doubt about it the best booth in baseball these days but that that holds nothing, no candle to Vince Scully. Yeah. Well, I know you have an audition. So LA of you. So yeah. let's let's wrap this up. The hotline is 310-359-8365. Give us a ring. Any calls we didn't get to today, I'll try to get to on Monday. And quick note on that. Monday's episode will be later. Later in the day. It'll be evening Eastern time. We have on Fred Siegel who runs freezing cold takes, which is a very popular Twitter and Instagram feed. And Fred has a book about the most freezing cold takes of all time. And he's coming on to talk about his book. I'm friends with him. I, I know him through the the social stuff and he's done the show before so fred will be on monday and he's coming on later in the day so again monday's episode will probably start around eight o'clock eastern time to go over his book uh about the most inaccurate predictions um behind the nfl and i look forward to hearing that and talking to fred follow us on twitter and instagram at the dirty sports you can follow me at andy ruther you can follow Joe on social at at Joe Prano on all things social media, except for Twitter, where I'm at Fix Your Life. A couple plugs to get in uh, before we lose you. Probably already lost some of you. But uh, August 25th of the Hollywood Improv tickets are on sale now. Great uh, comics. Our friend Nate Craig, who's been on the show. Our friend Lachlan Patterson, who's been on the show. Hashtag Cooks for Life. Come to see that. Uh, I'll be in Vegas August 29th to September 4th um, at the Comedy Cellar in Vegas. Uh, you can still get cameos on Cameo. You can still listen to the new episode of the Joe Prano podcast on all places that podcasts are available. So do those. All those things. Cool. All right, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Again, we'll be back on Monday at a later scheduled time, but it will be released on Monday. Have a great few days, stay smart, stay safe, and most importantly, stay dirty.